0: Good oral health is about more than just brushing and flossing your teeth. Dental disease is 100% preventable and it starts at home with you. Yep, you heard me right. Cavities are a disease and not something our children should just get. Your mouth is a window into your body and it has an effect on your speech, breathing, chewing, heart health, so much more. And we're not listening to it. Come along with me on this journey and I'll give you a whole new perspective of the importance of taking care of your mouth and the long-term effects it has not only on your oral health, but also your overall systemic health. On this podcast, we'll bring you a mixture of professionals, experts in the field that will give you advice and action steps you can take with your kids in different situations. We're also going to have moms, dads, caregivers, just like you having the same struggles that you are because together we can make a difference and help keep our kids healthy because a healthy mouth is a healthy body and a healthy life. And it all starts with you. the Healthy Mouth Movement podcast. Last week, we talked about does disease start in the mouth or the gut. Today, we're going to talk about saliva and digestive enzymes, just compounding on the top of what happens in the mouth and the gut. Saliva is another important part of having a healthy mouth and a healthy body for many reasons. Saliva contains special enzymes that help digest your food, Enzyme called amylase breaks down starches into sugars which your body can then more easily absorb. Saliva also contains enzymes called lingual lipase that breaks down fats. Digestion is a several step process that begins the moment you put a piece of food in your mouth or sip your drink and your saliva glands start to secrete. So let's break that down a little bit more. When we begin chewing, your glands in your mouth and your throat secrete saliva. And this is a process that starts as soon as you smell the food, right? So you see the food, then you smell the food, then you taste the food. And we learned in COVID that if you can't smell, you can't taste. And some people didn't get that back. But saliva is really important because it's a liquid that aids in digestion. It moistens your food. It reduces infection in your mouth, it helps prevent cavities, it helps your throat not be dry, and it protects your teeth and gums and everything on the way down to your stomach where then the acids start to break down the food more. So we have three major salivary glands. We have a parotid gland, which is the largest, and it's on both sides of your face, just in front of your ear, opposite your upper molars. And then we have a submandibular gland that's under your jawbone and a sublingual gland that's under your... Your tongue. So when your tongue is tethered, meaning tied, and you can't move it a whole lot, that's going to affect your chewing, your digestion, your breathing, everything. So your tongue is really important and we'll talk more about that as we go along. And I've had podcasts that I've done in the past that talks about your tongue and where it should be located. But all of this stuff is connected. And my first podcast in 2023 was about connecting the dots. And so that's what I plan on doing through most of 2023 is connecting the dots on how your mouth is connected to the rest of your body and what you should look for, especially starting with our kids. So let's start with how do we taste? Right. We use our senses, a lot of our senses to taste our sight, our nose, our mouth to enjoy the taste of the food, to smell our food. And we like food that is appealing, right? That has a good look. We don't necessarily want to eat food that doesn't look good. So it starts with what we see first, then it goes by what do we smell? A lot of times, just smelling our food gets our glands to start to secrete saliva before the food even enters our mouth. Once it enters our mouth, our taste buds start to go to town, especially if it's something soury, and our tongue starts to move to the roof of our mouth. We have taste buds on our tongue and the roof of our mouth, and they contain gustatory cells and they send signals to our brain. And this is how we have the five basic tastes, right? For our food, sour, sweet, salty, bitter, and savory. So the nerves in our nose, mouth, eyes, throat, they all tell an experience about the food like the texture. Is it hot? Is it spicy? Is it cool? Is it pepperminty? So we actually use all of these senses when we eat our food. And so the role of our teeth and tongue are really important in this whole saliva digestive enzyme thing. Our teeth and our tongue are a huge part of the digestive process. Our teeth, we chew to break down our food before we swallow. And if we don't chew our food and break down our food, it's going to affect how we swallow. If we're choking it down, if some of it. It gets not through our esophagus and into our windpipe. So all of these things are really important. Our incisors are located in the front of our jaw. And then we have have incisors that basically cut our food. And then we have our molars that chew and grind our food. The more we chew, the more saliva we produce, the more we break down our foods in our mouth before we swallow and digest. When we swallow, our tongue should rest and push up against the roof of our mouth. So if you're a person that swallows and your tongue goes forward and pushes on your teeth, that's not gonna be good for your digestion because a lot of times if you push forward, you're also going to breathe through your mouth and you're going to inhale air. And we'll talk a little bit more about what that happens a little bit later. But your tongue is going to be really important. So when you lose teeth and you have spaces between your teeth, a lot of that food is going to push out with your tongue or your tongue is going to go out between your teeth. If your tongue goes between your teeth, when you put your teeth together and you have space between there, that's called an open bite. And that's not going to be good for chewing and digestion as well. So we need to keep our teeth the healthiest in order to prevent a lot of these things from happening. So we want to eat healthy. We want to eat a diet that's rich in protein, vegetables, fruits, calcium, and whole grains. We want to limit eating and drinking between meals. We want to limit sugary foods and beverages because they break down our teeth. We want to breathe through our nose because when we breathe through our nose, we get nitric oxide CO2 exchange. We use our diaphragm, which then stimulates our gut when we're breathing. And it's just better for us to breathe through our nose. And I know, a lot of people can't, but if you can't, you really should see an ENT and figure out why you can't because it is affecting your health. We want to keep our lips together, our tongue on our roof mouth and swallow correctly. All of these things are what we do as myofunctional therapists. We also want to brush our teeth twice a day, brush our tongue, floss once a day and visit our dentist regularly to have cleanings and know that our gums are healthy. And if we don't visit the dentist regularly, then we definitely want to make sure we're doing a lot of these other things, especially if we have dry mouth. Dry mouth mouth. mouth is a condition that's also called xerostomia. It occurs when we don't have enough saliva in our mouth when we're not producing enough saliva. And a lot of things can make it difficult to have less saliva but it also makes it difficult for us to chew and swallow our food. So stress and dehydration are also occasional causes of xerostomia. Certain medications are going to create more dry mouth and conditions like diabetes and Sjogren's syndrome can also lead to more dry mouth. So if you have chronic illnesses, that can also be affecting the saliva in your mouth. Mouth breathing is another thing that we can change, especially at night, that reduces the saliva and can cause inflammation, bleeding gums can cause cavities can make the pH out of whack in your mouth. And then this all can lead to health implications. So we want to reduce the symptoms of dry mouth by drinking plenty of water by taking sips of water while we're eating if we need to, if we need to actually create more lubrication, if you have that dry of mouth, you can avoid caffeinated beverages and alcohol and mouth rinses containing alcohol, because those will dry out your mouth and make your mouth the dry mouth much worse. So these are all things that you can do to help prevent dry mouth. If you're a mouth breather, seeing a myofunctional therapist and learning what you can do to breathe through your nose is going to be really important. The first thing I would recommend doing if you know you're a mouth breather is doing the breathing test and seeing can you breathe through your nose for three minutes without using your mouth so you can hold a popsicle stick in your lips you can just keep your lips together you can tape your lips together whatever you need to do to time yourself to see if you can breathe through your nose for 3 minutes if you can breathe through your nose for 3 minutes you can retrain your brain to breathe through your nose if you can't breathe through your nose without opening your mouth you really want to see an ENT to see what's going on in your mouth and we can talk about that a little bit later or you can schedule a free 10 minute call with me and we can talk about it but let's move on to the stomach after you chew and swallow your food and enters your esophagus These tubes connect your throat to your stomach. There's a series of muscular contractions known as peristalsis that pushes your food downward into your stomach without you even knowing it. And this is where your food mixes and the digestive enzymes continue to break down the food. But it starts with your saliva and the enzymes in your mouth, and then it goes into your stomach. And there's different enzymes and bile that help break down your food. So when we eat, our body needs to break down into smaller nutrients so that the cells can actually get the nutrients and from the food and create more energy for our body. This process of breaking down food is impacted very much so by chewing and how much saliva you make, how you swallow and the function of your digestive enzymes. So you may need help in this whole area. But if all of this is not functioning properly before it even gets to your gut, this is an issue, and it's something that you really need to address. So first of all, we need to make sure we can breathe through our nose. Then we want to make sure our mouth is functioning properly, and we have the teeth we need to chew our food properly. We are making enough saliva and getting those digestive enzymes before it even gets to our gut. So that goes back to what we talked about last week: of where does disease start—in your mouth or in your gut? This digestive process begins in the mouth, so that's why I feel it's starts in the mouth. The function of these digestive enzymes is specific for the enzymes that you have. And there are certain enzymes that break down each type of food like carbohydrates, fiber, proteins, starches, fats. These enzymes are going to be very important. So what are these enzymes? There's amylase that breaks down complex carbohydrates like potatoes, rice, pasta, into simple sugars. There's protease that breaks down proteins like chicken into amino acids, and peptides that we can then absorb from our gut. There's lipase that breaks down fats like avocados. There's lactase that breaks down dairy, right? So people that are lactose intolerant will a lot of times take a lactase pill to help with proper digestion and break down those dairies. There's pepin, which breaks down proteins into amino acids. There's xylanase that breaks down plant fibers like beans, legumes, and other vegetables. And then there's bromelain that helps break down proteins into amino acids. So proteins, amino acids, starches are all going to be important to our body. But how does our body use these digestive enzymes that we're creating? Our body produces these enzymes naturally. And in order for our body to be functioning optimally, we need these enzymes. Okay. And we usually get them through the foods that we eat. So it's important to note that you have these enzymes happening, but these enzymes can be affected by your age. They can be affected by what you're putting in your mouth. They can be affected by how our food is made. They can be affected by breathing because it dries out your mouth and produces less saliva, meaning you're getting less of these enzymes. If you have food sensitivities like to dairy or gluten, you can have lower enzyme production and other digestive imbalances. So this is all going to be that's important to know because these imbalances in your body can then affect your stomach acid, which then leads to Weaker digestion and it affects the enzyme production and their effectiveness. And then you can have underlying digestive imbalances that create more digestive issues, gas, and bloating. So unhealthy lifestyle choices, including stress can create lower enzyme production. Um, Smoking, alcohol, these are all choices that can affect this stuff in your body as well. So I'm not a person that does well with sugars or alcohol and my body lets me know if I've eaten too much of these, which can be a blessing and a curse all at the same time. But this is why what food you eat is important. If you don't eat the proper foods or you're not absorbing things, you you need to find out if you're doing that. You can take digestive enzymes. You can increase nutrients for absorption. And all of these things are going to affect the regularity of your bowel. And all of these functions and system in your body are what can either create inflammation or create a healthy body. So how is food digested in your stomach? Few activities in life seem to be as natural as eating and drinking. We do these things like breathing without thought. We kind of choose what we're going to eat in a day. But what happens inside your body after you put these things into your mouth? The digestive process pulls the energy out of the foods that we eat. And then whatever we don't need is left behind and we poop that out. So when we chew and swallow our food, there's a well-orchestrated chain of events that take place inside our body that we're not even aware of. Peristalsis is the involuntary muscular action that pushes it through through our digestive system. And it's an important part of our digestive process. If you were to watch this process on an x-ray, it would almost look like a wave in the ocean pushing the food from one organ to the next. It's the first step in your journey is smelling the food, putting it in your mouth, chewing it, activating the salivary glands, moving the food into your esophagus, and then down your throat into your stomach. So what happens when it gets to the stomach? The stomach is called the gateway of your lower esophageal sphincter. It's got ring-like muscles that open and close to allow the food to pass through your esophagus into your stomach. And during this digestive process, the sphincter relaxes and lets the food pass through your stomach. Food goes through a significant part of the digestive process. And you might think that your stomach is a simple pouch But it's much tougher than that, especially because of the acids that are in your stomach. If it wasn't tough, that acid would just eat right through and you'd have a big hole. So the digestive juices and enzymes in your stomach actually break down the food and literally dissolve it so that way it can move through the other organs. Your stomach contains a thick mucus lining, similar to mucus in your mouth, but thicker to prevent these juices from eating through the walls of your stomach. So our bodies are really amazing if you think about how they're put together. It is crazy. When you really know how it all works, the stomach is so flexible, and it's just twisted and entwined in our body. When the most recent food enters into your stomach, it actually goes through reflexes that expand and contract. And it lets your stomach hold on to a portion of the food and liquid that you put in your mouth. And then you know when you've had enough, right? Sometimes we eat too much and we get digestion, but the muscles push the food all the way through. And this is kind of a chain reaction. So we really need to chew our food as much as possible when we swallow it to provide our body with the energy that we need. And it makes the process much easier. And your stomach has several things that mix that up and blend it much like a blender is churning when you're mashing up smoothies to suck down food so you don't have to chew it. This process sometimes takes longer, sometimes it's a little faster, depending on what food you ate. Carbohydrates break down the fastest and a lot of the heavier foods and meats, proteins, they take longer to digest and exit our stomach. Fats take the longest time of all. Zero calorie liquids like water definitely go through the stomach faster. So once, what happens when this stuff leaves the stomach? It passes through a short tube called the duodenum. And that's the first part of the small intestines. And then the next stage of digestion takes place where you have digestive juices. And then that comes from the liver and pancreas that turn the food into energy. So we eat so we can give our body the energy that it needs in order to thrive and function. So it's important that we eat the foods that our body needs. So the production of all of these enzymes can if we don't have them can actually increase guessing and bloating that we have and then we become uncomfortable and so these enzymes are really important but there are many things that can disrupt this process especially if you have diverticulitis the food can get trapped in the folds. And that's why you can't eat certain foods. So the doctor might give you a list of foods you should avoid like popcorn or nuts because certain people that have diverticulitis, it gets stuck in there and it can't pass. And then that's when it becomes painful when they eat something else and it's trying to pass through there because that's blocking something. So that's where the digestion becomes a little more uncomfortable. And aerophagia is a medical term described for swallowing air. So if a person swallows improperly, the air gets into the digestive tract and it creates issues like stomach aches or acid reflux. When we ingest some air we eat, when we talk, breathe, and swallow or laugh, aerophagia occurs when we get too much air in the stomach. This system can change from day to day depending on what you eat, how fast you eat, what's happening. So most people swallow two quarts of air a day just eating, drinking, and swallowing. And it's expelled by burping or or farting, right? So common ways that you can take in too much air are eating too fast, chewing gum, talking while eating, drinking through a straw, mouth breathing, sucking on hard candies, smoking, carbonated beverages, rigorous exercise, ill-fitting dentures, gulping your fluids, and sleep deprivation. When we're mouth breathing at night, we are always in fight or flight and we breathe in through our mouth. So we get more air. Our nose warm filters humidifies the air. So that's going to help. Research has found that stress, including anxiety and mood swings can also be aggravated by aerophasia. So it can actually aggravate anxiety symptoms, stomach issues, and things like that. So it's important. That you're not getting too much air. So, oral myofunctional disorders can add to this. Sometimes, myofunctional therapy can help by strengthening facial muscles, learning to control the tongue when you swallow, helping you breathe, swallow, and sleep better. If someone asked you if you were good at swallowing, what would your answer be? Would you think they were crazy? Did you know there was a right way and a wrong way to swallow? And did you know that the tongue leads? To Proper swallowing. These are all tips that start with the roof of your mouth, with having your tongue right behind your teeth, not touching your teeth. And when you swallow, the middle of your tongue should raise up on the roof of your mouth in a wave-like pattern with the back of your tongue contracting. And we actually learn this as infants when we're nursing, that wave-like pattern. And a lot of times if we're bottle-fed or we don't chew properly when we're younger, it can create some of these myofunctional disorders. So, as a myofunctional therapist, I teach correct swallowing mechanisms that include learning how to slow down, chewing your food, chewing bilaterally on both sides, and looking at what compensations are you making? Where is your tongue? Is it tethered? Does it need to be released? What's happening with your saliva glands and digestion? And are you getting air in there? So, learning. The correct tongue posture can improve digestion. It can stimulate the vagus nerves, um, making sure your tongue is on the spot. Your vagus nerve is responsible for regulating breathing and digestion. So we can learn how to breathe properly and decrease and eliminate some of these digestive issues by balancing out the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. Mouth breathing can dry out the saliva, affecting your digestion, your sleeping, your focus, your mood. So think about when you're sleep-deprived or your kids are sleep deprived and they're acting out, they can't focus. A lot of times that has a lot to do with the foods you're eating, how you're breathing how you're sleeping and that's why all of this stuff can be related to digestive problems solving digestive issues is one of the most rewarding thing that comes with therapy helping people breathe better and live better lives a lot of my clients have said that they've gotten better they haven't had the digestive issues they have when they learn to chew and swallow and breathe properly so this affects everything if you are not chewing properly if you eat in a hurry if you swallow incorrectly i always tell my clients that if your digestive issues are caused by myofunctional impairment, you should see improvements in your digestive system. And again, it might not go away right away, it might take a little bit longer. If you have a hard time swallowing pills, the myofunctional therapy exercises can help you with that as well. Mouth breathing is definitely a known cause of digestive issues. Your body is always in fight or flight mode. And this causes your sympathetic nervous system to respond instead of the rest and digest, you're always in fight or flight. And so your Parasympathetic um, nervous response is happening, which can lead to sleep deprivation. So, going without adequate sleep can definitely affect your body. It prevents your body from refreshing itself. It puts stress on your nervous system and impairs brain function. It increases your blood pressure, your blood sugar. It increases your moodiness. It increases your cortisol levels, making you feel tired. It affects your hormones. So, saliva, sleep, digestion, absorption—it all has to do with the saliva and digestive enzymes in your mouth. So, your digestive enzymes breaking down your food and helping you absorb is going to be really important. And so we really need to listen to our body. Our body gives us clues. And if you're having night sweats, it could be that maybe you ate too close to bedtime or you had alcohol or chocolate before you went to bed. If you're not getting enough rest, it throws off your circadian rhythm. If you're waking up going to the bathroom with dry mouth, it could also be a sign that you have a myofunctional disorder that can be improved with therapy. And all of this is going to support regular bowel movements. Poor digestion means foods aren't breaking down. You're not absorbing it. You're eliminating them too fast. That's where diarrhea comes in. A lot of times things aren't breaking down and it just turns into water. So you know what's happening with your digestive tract, and you can kind of feel what's going on there. You can feel the toxins, bacteria fermenting. It can contribute to gas build up and all of this stuff can lead to irregularity in your bowels. So how can you enhance and support your Digestive enzymes in your digestive tract, you can practice mindful eating. Starting with chewing, again, it begins in the mouth. So, chew your food more slowly. Create a paste with your food before you swallow it, making sure that you're creating more saliva. You're getting more digestive enzymes before you swallow, and chewing more slowly avoids overeating. Consuming foods that contain natural enzymes, like pineapple, papaya, ginger those those are all going to help you break down. If you're having issues with that, managing your stress, um, making sure that you relax. Rest and digest is going to support your digestion, making sure you breathe through your nose. Because when you breathe through your nose, it engages your diaphragm. When you're using your diaphragm, it's stimulating your gut. So that's going to be important. Maybe even incorporating fermented foods like sauerkraut, kamachi, kefir into your diet because they also contain natural digestive enzymes. Taking digestive enzymes if you need more support, especially if you have food sensitivities like dairy and gluten, and making sure you eat three hours before you go to bed because you want your stomach to have digested your food. Because if you eat right away, you can have indigestion, acid reflux, and all that is going to affect your sleep. So the function of your digestive enzymes are very important. And again, it starts with your saliva in your mouth. If you need to supplement your enzymes, you can to enable your bodies to function properly and avoid digestive upset. When the stomach and digestive enzymes become chronically interrupted, you get bloating, belching, stomach pain, other gastrointestinal problems. So the upsetness of your stomach can lead to a lot of other digestive issues. And it can be stubborn, and we can be stubborn about getting help. So, sometimes anxiety related digestive issues can trigger other problems, such as leaky gut, irritable bowel, and there are practitioners that can help you. Experienced practitioners sometimes are extremely hard to find in order to help chronic problems that you might be having. So, sometimes things are temporary change, but we need you to not have stomach upset and function healthy. So, my goal is to create an understanding of how important this is how important your mouth breathing are connected to the functions of your body and examining how we breathe from a young age. How are we feeding our kids? What are we feeding our kids? Because then we can help chronic disease from happening. It can be preventable. If we change our habits and we teach our kids better habits, they can actually live healthier, longer lives. Again, I feel it all starts with knowledge, with sharing this knowledge, because a healthy mouth is a healthy body and you can live a longer, healthier life. So this is what happens with digestive enzymes, probably more information that you wanted to know. And I hope that this was helpful. If it was, and you think someone can benefit from this knowledge, please share. And as always, I want to thank you for listening. And if I can help, you can click the link below and schedule a 10 minute free call with me. I have a healthy mouth academy where a lot of this information is in. And I also put the links below to my friends, Dr. Shockley and Melissa that can help test for things that are out of balance in your body. So as always, thanks for listening until next time. Thank you for listening today. If something you heard made you smile, made you think, empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure you share this with a friend. Write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook page, Dental Hygiene 411, or hit the link in the show notes to join a conversation. Until next time, breathe through your nose and share a smile. After all, they're contagious.